Hello and welcome to A Your Right Pal by me, Roscoe Burns, a podcast dedicated to men chatting about their mental health. The podcast is a way for men to share, to discuss and be open about their mental health. Listeners are advised that some of the topics may be triggering with potential mentions of addiction, self-harm, abuse and suicide. With that being said, I feel these topics are important to talk about and to share. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Your Eight Pal. So, hey everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Your Eight Pal with me, Roscoe. Tonight's podcast is being done remotely as my guest is living in London. We were introduced briefly last year at Glasgow Pride by one of our mutual friends, Douglas. However, recently I can say he's been a source of support, a really genuine guy and an all-round fantastic guy. What an introduction. So I want to introduce you all to the big in. His name is Liam. How are you doing, Liam? I'm good, Roscoe. How are you? I am really good, actually. Yeah, I'm good. All the better for talking to you. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite sweet. That was sweet. Yeah. I have um, had a wee bit of a chest infection, so I sound Jenny listeners. If I sound different, it's just chest infections running its course, so... I mean, you sound better than you did earlier on this week. Yeah, I remember that uh, voice note I sent. It was like <laughs> a 15-year-old boy just... Well, before he his testicles dropped. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there when you were PTing someone and you couldn't actually talk and give directions. So that did happen. I, I, took, I took a class and um, I had to get them all to like pretty much come to the front of the class. And um, most of them had been before, so they knew the kind of run of exercises. Okay. But I couldn't talk at all. Um, and a few of them were you, like, actually, that was quite a good class. I was like, cheeky bastards. Because you couldn't talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just got post-it notes and sm- stuck it on them. Yeah, well, yeah. so I trained Doug this week and he said he forgot his white border whatever it was called, you know, the one... Yeah, I told him to bring a whiteboard. Yeah, he told me, I was like, I knew, I knew it'd come from you, I knew it was your source. <laughs> <laughs> so, today, um, we've got a few topics to get through. We've had a wee discussion previously about the topics that you've chosen. And what I'm going to do is, Liam, I'm just going to kind of give you the floor, let you right. talk, and, you know, have a wee discussion about what you want to talk about. So... Um, sure. If you want to talk about your first topic. Yeah, I mean, f- for me, the reason why I wanted to kind of come on the podcast and have a chat is that, as you've mentioned, Doug already, um, Doug's kind of a member of my chosen family, and he mentioned that a little bit last time on the podcast. He did. And I thought it was quite interesting that he's kind of a member of the family, um, but I've kind of got that parental role. I'm kind of the daddy of my family. And I thought it was kind of interesting to kind of talk about how as queer people, we can kind of make our own chosen family. So obviously we're born into one and um, some of them are great. Some of them are not so great. Um, But as we get older, we gravitate to people that we want to spend time with, that we have a connection to. And I kind of feel that it should be something that you really get involved with yes. ultimately no absolutely yeah i think you made a point there about being born into families and yeah sometimes not everybody's family families are so complex let's just put that out there you know everybody's family that you're born into i'd say is complex some are more complex than others but that chosen part is really important because you make connections with people if you're disowned if your family don't choose to accept who you are as a person. All these people that you meet and create these family and bonds with is just one of the most important things that you can have. Yeah, and I think that it's a case of you have to also have an understanding that your chosen family will change over time as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have someone that you had a real close bond with when you were in your kind of like young queer years and then you go and revisit them and you work out, it's like, well, is my bond as strong? And it might not be. And it's kind of fine to go, you know what? We had a great time. Everything was good. 
and now we've kind of we've moved on and we've developed our friendship or we've developed ourselves to someone else with family you can't really do that they kind of hold you to you're my child or you're my niece or you're my nephew and you're kind of stuck in that kind of rigid format no i think the, the rigid format can be um, difficult can i ask a question so go for it with your chosen family is there a certain amount of numbers like is there a few of you is it quite a big family so the numbers change all the time um obviously you have your kind of like close close family and they're the people that your kind of ride or dies that you spend a load of time with that if you're organizing something they're the first ones that will always be like yes i'm doing this i'm good i want to spend time with you and then you have kind of periphery family and they're the people that you might see on a night out or um you know my husband runs a fetish company so therefore, we have a huge fetish family that we only see at big events. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Easter in Berlin, or uh, Folsom, or in if we go to ILM, which is a big leather event, or Manchester. There's lots of events in Manchester. Um, we'll only see them that's at like once or twice a year. But when you get to see them, the excitement of kind of seeing them is just it's palpable, and it's a lovely thing to kind of just catch up and share a moment and give real life updates as opposed to the ones that you might have put on social. Because we're going to talk about this kind of chosen family a bit later on um, and we're going to have a wee bit more detail about that if that's okay with you. Because the next, you know, kind of thing we was going to ask was like how you kind of deal with your stress, anxiety. Um, do you have any like techniques or do you do anything in particular that helps? when it comes to like mental health i'm in the fortunate position to be able to afford a therapist so i have someone that i talk to once a week a guy called ed it's phenomenal he listens to everything that i ever say <laughs> he sometimes offers advice he sometimes pushes me to understand what it is that i'm trying to explain um and we also do a thing called EMDR, um, which is about processing memories. It's kind of same as what you do in REM sleep, but you're awake. Plus, I do a lot of kind of uh, self-care, um, and by that, it could be as simple as meditation, but for me, um, breathing techniques. Okay. So breathing techniques are my go-to, partly because I was an asthmatic as a kid, and I was always told to breathe, even when I couldn't. So being able to kind of just control your breath, just focusing on that ends up that you, all the kind of fog and the everything else that's going on in your mind, you can kind of settle your mind a little bit and you just breathe yourself through it. And it could be something that you might do for a minute, five minutes, 15 minutes, but it's something that will help you just to kind of go, okay, let's focus on this one thing. Let's calm down and then let's slowly reintroduce what it is that's going on and how I can kind of get from uh, the next step or from A to B. Can I ask uh, Liam, so say like when you're talking about your uh, mindfulness stuff, so say as far as like your mind, do you have a, a racing mind? Is your, your, is your brain constantly on the go? Um, or are you able to kind of control that with these techniques? So my brain fires in really weird and different ways and I adore it. <laughs> it's... Okay, it's, a, it's really interesting though. I like that. I like that. It's super creative. Ah. Um, it doesn't think of a simple journey. If a decision has to be made, so it could be as simple as like, got to book a holiday. I'll look at multiple different options of how I get there, what hotel. And then I'm the one that kind of drills it down to like, okay, well, we're going to do X, Y, Z. But my brain has to go off on all these different tangents to be able to then come together and formulate the kind of solid plan. I've been lucky enough that I've built a career <laughs> on being this kind of weird creative mind, but it does also come and kind of haunt me at certain times, especially when I'm like, I want to sleep and my brain just starts racing and it can start racing at two o'clock in the morning and I have to kind of go back, focus on breathing, close my eyes and just try and count the breaths. Yeah. And it does help to just kind of like settle things. It might not fully get rid of the issue that I might be facing, mm -hmm. but it definitely helps to kind of 
quieting it down. And I think a lot of us, and especially myself, can totally relate to that. Like, you know, the maybe two o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, whenever, or whatever time it is, sort of thing. But one thing I really liked there, what you just said, was the fact that you've kind of turned almost something that was a negative into a positive now, which is your business, and being that weird, or, you know, that... Um, well, the business that you, you and your partner or husband, sorry, I should say, own is um, a fetish, a fetish um, business. How would you describe it? Um, I would say that it's a queer collective. Okay, that's a good way. Because I, I was struggling there. <laughs> 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 that's a really good it's, it's basically, well, the backstory of it was that Ollie is the trained architect. Ollie's my fella, my husband. Um, and he had a really horrific motorcycle accident. And I thought I was going to lose him. He came back and he was so jogged up on ketamine that the words out of his mouth were that he screamed the word monkey at me. Right, okay. While I was bawling my eyes out, looking at a mess of clothes that were in the corner of a room that had been cut off his body. I didn't really appreciate it, if I'm brutally honest. <laughs> but yeah, he had a motorcycle accident and um, his hands were fine because it was just his leg that was broken and uh, a friend his best man took him to a local leather shop and just got him to learn how to make a wallet a leather wallet and then from the leather wallet he made our dogs some harnesses mm -hmm. and then when he was able to go out he went to the local dog park and i just for clarity i live in kennington in elephant and castle so it's like gay central Okay. in London and the gay boys that were in the park liked the leather harnesses on the dog and they asked if we could make them for human size and that's how the business pretty much started and then it's grown from there to this huge huge business yeah. where he's been making outfits for drag queens that have been on drag race yeah. he's made stuff for Sam Smith for the Brit Awards um, he's made I don't know if anyone watched the Glastonbury, uh, Glastonbury, he made an outfit for a singer called Self Esteem, mm -hmm. uh, which was these kind of huge domes for her boobs that was based on the Sheffield's Meadow Hall. And it's stunning. And it got in vogue and it got lots of press coverage. And he's just grown and grown and grown. And to the point that he now has, so he's got about six or seven employees and they do a phenomenal job they make everything from kind of like leatherware to latex to custom built stuff. And it's phenomenal to watch it grow and to see everyone absolutely love it. The best bit is if you go out on a night out and suddenly you see, originally there was like one or two people that you might have seen out wearing his harnesses. And now we'll go on a night out and there'll be like 30, 40 people wearing them. Right. And it's just like, I mean, he's a bit of a kind of, he's becoming like a mini celebrity within the kind of like the queer scene. It's very funny because no one knows who I am and everyone knows who he is. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Is that really? Okay. Yeah. But I'm fine with it. I like being in the background. I've, I've, I've always done marketing. So I've always hidden in the background, but I've come up with weird and wonderful things that people end up doing. So I'm happy with it. Yeah. Good. Um, because the one thing I was going to mention was that obviously this episode is going to be sponsored by your um, by your company. I will be um, linking all the like Instagram, social media stuff um, to the episodes and stuff. That everybody go check it out and have a look and see what Liam has just spoke about. Because I've I've had a look and obviously I'm a drag race fan and I've just seen like I didn't realise that you've made the entrance look for. Black pepper. Uh, black pepper. I mean, that was just like phenomenal. You know, it's just so creative. One of my favourite entrances ever on any franchise. And I think I, I'm not the only one probably to have that thought. So go and check. It, the, the it, it was really interesting um, watching that happen. So watching yeah. it kind of like develop in this um, dungeon where we worked before, where the <laughs> studio was, um, to see it then develop to see it on the show and then to watch reaction videos um as, like you can go back and you've got monet exchange oh, yeah, totally. uh bob the drag queen was like this is the best entrance look ever and all these people that you kind of idolize who were just going 
I gagged. It was the best moment. I'm waiting for that Mojo video where it's like, these are the top 10 entrances. And Pepper's going to be in that. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Do not doubt it. But no, it was just like, absolutely phenomenal. But no, well done. And I think that just shows, you know, like, hard work pays off, creativity, putting the time in. And also self-employment. You know, we spoke about it before on previous podcasts and different levels. Self-employment isn't easy. Um, I tip my my hat off to you know both of you for putting the effort in and creating this 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 business. You know, so well done. Thank you. And I mean, it was always based on this concept of um, fetish for everybody. Yeah. And it's a bit of a kind of like uh, it's a, a marketing term in effect. But so many fetish companies just idolize and only portray a kind of white cis man with a six pro- with a six pack. Yeah. And that was never Ollie's stance in the fetish world. Yeah. It's because that's not who the customer base is. If you look at everyone that enjoys fetish. Absolutely. And it's therefore un- it's unrealistic, I think. A thousand percent. Um, and it's really lovely that he's made stuff for all of these different body types and um diverse diversity models is like a real big thing for him he wants to show that everyone can feel as sexy as they want to and shouldn't really have to hide it there's a lot of people that kink shame in this world mm-hmm. and it can be really upsetting and it's one thing that i really frown upon because no one should be telling you what um turns you on oh, you should discover that yourself and you should have the freedom to discover that yourself. Well, do you know what? Funny you should mention it because I'm going to do a podcast at some point about uh, kinks and kink shaming and stuff with one of the guys, um, or one of sorry, one of the guys. <laughs> he's a friend. <laughs> I should call him one of the guys. He's been on a podcast, but he's a friend. Um, we're just going to do a whole podcast about kink shaming and um, just kind of talking about sex, sexuality, dating in general. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you know what? Maybe I'll ask you to um, maybe, you know, write something and I can include it. So, yeah, we'll talk about that later, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Because that's a good a good topic to talk about. So, moving on, um, one of the things I did want to ask you, Liam, was, do you remember, you know, an age where you understood what mental health was? Um, was there a significant experience that led to this moment? Can you tell us a wee bit about that? Oh, I mean, I grew up on a council estate in hackney which you can't tell from my accent luckily it's hackney um, london still yeah is it like it's, eastenders it's like eastenders it's it's the cockney i should be a cockney but i did grow up on a cancer state yep. uh, where mental health was a kind of dirty word it's like like you go and knock on mad mary's door and do a runner or you'd call someone mental or you'd hear someone having an argument. It's like, oh, don't get involved in them. They're nutters. Aye, aye. There you go. There's my accent. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, I also, my dad was very much the kind of man of the house. Um, he never took a day off sick. Um, it was always like, shake your head, sort your head, get on with it. Yeah. You never right, really had a moment to kind of like stop and think, well, why am I feeling this way? It's like, put it in a box, don't open that box, put it in another box, put it in a vault, throw it into the ocean. Never talk about it. Never talk about it. And it wasn't really until I met my fella, Ollie, that I was like, I kind of understand the importance of stopping self-care, understand that you have to kind of look after yourself. Mm Absolutely. And that you will have blue days and you will have days where you feel like a cloud is really fogging up your vision and there's nothing that you can do about it. And sometimes you just have to kind of stop living that moment, breathe, and then be like, okay, how can I move forward? Can I ask um, as well, like, how long have you and Ollie been together? So we've been together for. 11 years and having him and meeting him was that uh you said there obviously he contributed a lot to your life but having that someone there that you knew that you could talk to was that a massive help as well oh yeah i mean i i met ollie 
12 days into turning 30, which I decided was going to be my like decade of being a whore. Uh -huh. And 12 days in, I meet a man that I then spend every single day with um, for 11 years. I think there's maybe been two, three weeks where we haven't been in each other's company constantly. Yeah. But we talk to each other absolutely constantly. He is my ride or die. And can you talk to him about anything? I mean, there are sometimes those, those tough conversations you kind of have to have yeah. and you don't know how to kind of say your words. Um, and sometimes I can't do face-to-face -face conversations with him. Mm -hmm. So he ends up getting quite a lengthy WhatsApp chat. <laughs> but if we get it down you get it in writing and then you slowly approach that kind of subject and you and you talk things through and you try and work out what it is that you need to say to each other um what you're feeling how you're feeling it and sometimes it doesn't even need words roscoe like a hug yes can be so powerful absolutely absolutely and just knowing that you have that person there you know um just to use it as an example, um, Ollie's aunt passed away recently. And at the funeral, it was pretty tough. But I just held out my little pinky. He grabbed hold of my little pinky. And we both knew that we were there for each other. We didn't need a grand gesture. It was just, I'm here. Hold on as tight as you have to. So it's just like, I'm sitting here and I can just see that like I'm actually visualising that happening yeah it's just like i get emotional really easy <laughs> i'm not i'm not going but today i'm going to keep it together but jesus christ man i get emotional so quick but just i can i'm totally visualizing that and that sounds you know just perfect that kind of gesture of not even uh, having to hold on to him hold a full hand just you know the pinky thing and it's just you hear yeah. and you know there's a safety net there and also as well going back to what you were saying about talking to each other you know we communicate as humans with each other every day but we also communicate in different ways and I think you saying that about the whatsapp message um, or even just in a letter or whatever you know there's so many ways to communicate your feelings but the important thing to me is as long as it's being done you know it's when you can't communicate with a person is when yeah. the issues start and i've had that you know recently on in, in past relationships where um the person hasn't or can't communicate at all sometimes you just have to find a different way of communicating absolutely yeah a really good example one of my family members he really struggled during lockdown he decided to go on antidepressants right, okay. He sought medical help. It kind of helped. It made him a little bit numb. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was still the underlying issue that he didn't know how to communicate. And I check in on him and it got to a point where we didn't need words. All we'd need to do is we'd send each other, and this sounds really weird when I'm now saying it out loud. Um, we'd send each other Pingu memes. Okay. And the Pingu me, if you ever look at Pingu gifts, uh -huh. there are thousands of every sort of mindset, every sort of emotion that you could ever go through. Oh. So I'd just be like, how are you? And I'd wait for that Pingu meme to come back. Yeah. And now I'd be able to judge on how he was feeling. Absolutely. And then it's like, do you want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. And sometimes he would. Sometimes he wouldn't. Sometimes we just share 20 memes of Pingu doing lots of different things. But just having that knowledge of you don't have to say a word. Yes. Just share something with me. Know that I'm here and we can take it a stage further if need be. Or if you just want to be like, I want to be left alone. I want to hide under the covers. You know what? I'll give you your space for now. Yeah. But I'm going to check in again tomorrow. Yeah, do you know, I've been doing this podcast for a few months now. And obviously it's in second season. And I've had plenty of guests on. And we talk about, like, sharing, communicating, feelings, stuff, all that stuff. That's the first time, like, anybody's ever mentioned that style. And do you know what? <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. I would have never have thought of that. So thank you. 
and I'm sure like anybody who's listening, maybe if they're struggling to communicate, that is a great way to do it. That is. Thanks for mentioning that. That's all right. I think it's one of those things that we live in a world where we can over communicate with each other so easily. Yeah. But sometimes we stop to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it does have to be as simple as I'm not feeling great, but I don't know how to word it. But this visual is exactly how I'm feeling right now. And the thing is, going back to the therapist thing, so that's also another style of communication you have with him because you. You've said before uh, to me that having that therapist in your life is the best thing that happened. Is yeah. That true? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I used to bottle everything up. Okay. And um, was that something that you kind of learned from childhood? Because you said, like, you know, growing up in a council estate, feelings, emotions, all of that stuff, just you didn't speak about it. So. Was that bottling up, learned from that? Just to give you a kind of idea, um, my dad was a classic kind of Irish man. Didn't speak about emotions. He just got on with life. When I came out to him, my mum forced me out of the closet, first of all, which is fine. (laughs) She'd clocked it a long time and it wasn't a big drama. And I wanted a really lovely coming out story, but she found a CD she asked me, it was uh, Sydney Mardi Gras music. Okay. She asked me if I was gay. I was like, yeah. She was like, got straight on the phone to my sister and went, yeah, he is. Told you. <laughs> I was just like, ugh. And then she was like, you need to go and tell your dad. So I walked in and told my dad. And he was rolling a fag. And he was just like, are you happy? I was like, yeah, I think I am. He's like, all right, cool. And then it never, we never spoke about it again. Yeah. But that was the closest to emotion that I ever had with my dad. Yeah. He never showed emotion. The only time that we had an emotional connection was when we'd go on holiday and he'd teach me how to snorkel and scuba dive. And he'd hold my hand and guide me around kind of the best snorkeling spots that he thought would be good for me to explore. And that was the only time that I remember having connection with my dad. The rest of the time it was just, you're a boy get on with life, do good, start work, earn some money, etc, etc. And then uh, I had to, I kind of lived with that all of my life. And I had no real emotional attachment to a lot of stuff. Ollie's quite emotional, which I adore, Aye. because it taught me a different way of communicating. Um, and then I kind of hit my, well, my 20s and 30s, I don't remember crying at all. I remember no tears leaving my eyes, even though I had a couple of funerals. There's a few big people that left my life. There was no emotional kind of attachment to that moment. Um, Then my neighbor across the way, me and Ollie during lockdown became her primary carers and she sadly passed due to myeloma cancer. And I ugly cried at Jean's funeral so hard that I needed I needed to talk to someone, someone that wasn't Ollie, someone that wasn't part of my family. Instead, it had to be uh, a kind of a third party. I was, I'm really lucky. I work for a really good company, not Ollie's company, uh, my my normal day job. Um, We went for mental health first aid training and the lady that ran it gave us private kind of uh, therapy sessions and she recommended EMDR. And then I found Ed through Pink Therapy, which is um, an LGBTQI plus um, support network of therapists that um, specialize in LGBT issues. Um, And I found Ed, I auditioned Ed to be my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) And he passed. And he passed, he was great. I've cried more with Ed than I have in my 20s and 30s. I'm now in my 40s. I'm now 41. Um, And I've cried more (laughs) in my 40s than I ever did in my 20s and 30s. And it's a very strange feeling. Is it good though? Oh, it's so cathartic. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like, it's needed. It's so needed. Yeah. We all need to cry, you know. It's just an emotion that I... 
yeah, it's not going to maybe solve everything, but I have cried after, you know, feeling a certain type of way and honestly, like, kind of thought to myself, I needed that. You know, I just yeah. needed, I needed to take that moment. <laughs> Ugly cry, as you say, let it all out. And yeah, I'm just like, now I can kind of refocus. But it does, I think, also quiet in your mind mm-hmm. because yeah. suddenly you're focusing on the fact that you're crying, tears are rolling down your face. Yeah. You can have that kind of sensory touch. You've got to kind of like sort, you know, in a moment you've got to sort yourself out. But your brain therefore has to stop and go, wait, whoa, what's happening? Let's, okay, let's sort ourselves out. Let's stop crying. Let's yeah. um, realise why we're crying and let's try and deal with that. And is this something that helps you within your role within the chosen family so we'll go into more about the chosen family your role as the daddy are you able to <laughs> why are you laughing um, oh no it's just it, it, it's really funny i adore the term daddy <laughs> uh-huh. it's just one of those words that you're just like for a lot of queer people it's kind of like the connotations yeah, of it are of are, are there <laughs> Um, but having that kind of parental role that's more than just kind of a sexual thing is really lovely. And my aim as the per- parent of my group mm-hmm. is to basically just offer advice okay. or listen. Um, I do a lot of listening. Mm. I try to never pass judgment. I try my hardest to care for the people. And ultimately, I want to see them be their best. And I think that's the same for any parent, for any kids that they might have, is that they want their best for their kids. And some of my kids are older than me, but they might come to me and they might ask for some advice or they might want some help with marketing something. But I'm there and I'll always try and be there for them. And that's extremely important, I think. It's just knowing for them knowing that they have that person there to talk to, to go to, and a source that will listen to them. Yeah. And I'm not in the... I'm maybe not your... I was going to say your son. (laughs) 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 I'm not your son yet. But, you know, an example of you just... What you just said said there was, you know, last week we had a... Or was it this week? My days are so mixed up. But we had a conversation recently... And we spoke on the phone and we literally spoke for what, like an hour? And then yeah. I think my phone cut off, but we could have continued to chat. And just having that helped me, you know? And I was like, I was saying to you, it was just, I needed that at that moment. And yeah. you were able, you know, to, to listen and, and you didn't, I don't, you know, you, you offered advice, but you were definitely a listener and. It was just great in that moment for myself. So, thank you. I'm not, I'm, not emo- I'm not getting emotional. It's my throat keeps going. But okay, uh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Everyone believes you. you know, I just, just wipe that tear, <laughs> wipe that solitary tear. <laughs> no, but no, it was lovely. So that's, you know, I definitely want to say thank you. But but I can see why you know these this term in chosen family and also the family that you have in Doug and knowing Doug as well is it's important for people to have you know it's just such a an amazing thing that people can create well for me when i first met doug he was just this cute lad who had just come to london um came down to see some west end shows and we just connected and we just had a real tight bond and i was like i'm gonna keep in contact with him because he's he's a cute lad and but also there's something there's just something about him Mm -hmm. and he has this natural charm um yeah yeah he he has char natural charm but sometimes he uses it too too much let's just say (laughs) on me especially jesus christ that boy could probably get away with murdering me and he knows it (laughs) (laughs) but what i think is really interesting about doug is that the doug that i saw that and the doug that you talk about has been years of development you know, I now see him as this super confident young man who has this vision of what his life's going to be. And it's lovely to see. 
it's really it's really really lovely and i'm so proud of him you know when he was in glasgow he was playing for the university hockey team he finished uni and me and a guy called harry um who's one of his other london friends was convinced him to go and try the raptors go and try and try and join the local rugby team and now to watch him you know he's traveled the globe with them he, he absolutely loves it yeah, he's doing whenever well. he can he's doing so well yeah. it's a joy i want to see that in everyone if i'm brutally honest you know i i really appreciate when you see someone that might have an idea uh, and i will always be the one that like i'll be your cheerleader mm-hmm. i won't wear the outfit but I'll be your cheerleader. <laughs> I'll be your cheerleader and I will cheer you on and I will make sure that you're like, you're heading in the right direction and it's the right thing for you. And your passion just really like grows and you see it literally, you see people glow when they're doing something they're super passionate about. And just watching that and seeing that happen just brings me the ultimate joy. Absolutely. And do you know what? I can't wait for my, my audition to be your son. Um, just give, give me a time and a day and I'll get prepared and I'll make sure that my material is all is all in, all in place, okay? But Roscoe, you see this on a daily basis. You help people wow. with their, one of their biggest things, which is their kind of like their body and their health. Yeah. And you see the effects of when they're good and they're training and you see them develop, you naturally do that. You're naturally part of someone's story and someone's journey. So you have to remember that. I know, I know, I know, man. It's just something that I'm trying to work on and it's something that, you know, is getting better from what it used to be, from, from what it used to be to what it is now is definitely a change and that's one thing like we're going to talk about next is like you know progress what kind of progress you would like to see in mental health you know one thing that i would love to see is people just looking after themselves you know and i know that you're going to mention just a few things about what progress you would like to see i would love for more money to be spent on the nhs for mental health care i think that we lack support um i also see just on a personal thing because i've got members of the the family who are trans Mm -hmm. that there is not that recognition for the support that they really need especially in the climate that we're currently in. It's one thing that's heartbreaking when someone who you love and you cherish is being told that they either they don't exist, they need to be hidden in the background, or they need to be banned. We shouldn't be passing judgment on people. We should be helping everyone get to their best self. And it's just a fight that we need to just continue. Do you know what I mean? And when it comes to like government government services services in general we just need to keep the fight going it's something collectively we all need to like just make sure that we are playing our part doing our role and just you know helping as much as we can you know sometimes it can be as little as signing a petition Mm -hmm. just putting your name on a piece of paper your digital name you're just type you could be you're just typing in a few little things. You're clicking a button that says, I sign this. Yep. All the way through to being a real activist or rocking up when it might be trans pride um, and marching. It's one thing that I'm super proud of about the, of, of the Kink family is that whenever it's trans pride here in London, we will show up in mass. Yep. And that might be like the leather daddies, the rubber queens, uh, the drag queens will show up yeah, you're because they are part of our community and it's really important that we just do that little bit more. And I think as well like workplaces need to do their their part as well you know there needs to be more support within the workplace um, there needs to be more access to maybe like therapy or what you said earlier you said about mental health first aid. I think yeah. every I think that should be introduced in every company you know regardless 
of whether it's like two employees or two thousand employees you know there needs to be that introduction and you were you know you'd you'd mentioned that to me um, well uh, one thing that my workplace does which i'm so proud of them so shout out to a company called substance global they give us a thing called wellness hour and that's an additional hour that we get off that's for our own personal well-being now I use it for therapy. There are other people that go for an extra long gym session. There are some people that take it to read a book. There are some people that take it just to cook. They can choose on where in their week they can take that wellness hour. And how they use that wellness hour is completely up to them and it's not a forced thing. And that extra hour every week is just a moment that you're like this should be something that all businesses do yes we get our lunch break but we have to eat and not all businesses can afford this you know um, not all businesses can look at this as an as a as an option for them but for those businesses that can the big kind of corporate more more corporate side of it that wellness hour just gives people a chance to just go I'm going to focus on myself, my self-care, use it in the most productive way possible. And it's theirs. It's that person's time. They can do whatever they want. It's it's theirs, you know. Uh, Like you just said there, it's not forced. It's just whatever they choose to do, which sounds, in theory, absolutely amazing. And like you said, not every place can maybe afford it, but these big corporations they should be definitely introducing that to everyone. but that doesn't mean that you can't force it into your own world oh absolutely you know I'd, you know and i do like i sometimes have to think selfishly and go right i'm just going to take this you know a few hours to myself um yeah and i'm not going to like work on anything gym related i'm not going to work on podcast anything podcast related I'm, I just want to sit and watch Dragula or, you know, just <laughs> just something that, like, I kind of lose myself in, you know, because my mind can go oh, 200 miles per hour sometimes and it's tiring and it's, it's exhausting. But that wellness hour of to myself that I give myself is just what I need, you know, so we can do it. We, we can definitely do it for ourselves. I think it's yeah. important that we do because um, one thing one thing I have to highlight Liam is that we have been talking for quite a while <laughs> oh sorry um, oh no no I don't apologise at all but it just goes to show like you know we've been talking for nearly an hour already and um, and it's just been so like natural fluid and just um, it's not been forced the advice part is really important in this podcast so one thing yep. that you know I always do is I always ask guests what advice they they have for anybody listening that maybe is suffering that maybe is you know going through some, something at the minute or just needs support and that our thing that we we're just talking about is one of them but if you got kind of any other advice that you would give to any, any of the listeners and myself yeah well as you've mentioned loads of times is about how your mind is just constantly racing yeah and i think it's I honestly do believe that breathing is one of the most important things that you can do. And just there's a couple of things that you can do that will really help. And there's a few techniques. So the two that I'd recommend for those that have never done kind of breathing exercises before is box breathing. So box breathing is you breathe in for four through your nose, you hold for four, you breathe out for four, and then you hold for four. So it's really simple. It's also quite good if you're a bottom. <laughs> okay. Just as a tip. Yeah. Um, hey, excuse me, you're trying to say I'm a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so you breathe out as you're um, sitting, shall we say. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Just oh. as a suggested technique. Sorry, mum. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm not bottom shaming anyone. Bottom should get absolutely celebrated. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so they that, are the queen. They are the kings to the uh, tops of this world. Absolutely, yeah. 
and that will be discussed in the podcast that I'm going to shaming. We're going to talk about all that. Talk about you know bottom shaming. And also top uh, side shaming, you know, like people that yeah. I've heard, you know, I, we're going off topic a wee bit. A wee bit yeah, here, yeah. But, the know, other the other breathing technique yeah, yeah. is uh, 357. Okay. So you breathe in for three, you hold for five, and then slowly out for seven. Okay. So try and always, when you're breathing in, breathe in through your nose. Um, you're trying to breathe in from your diaphragm. So you're not belly breathing. You're trying to make your chest as big as possible. But all of those techniques, the box breathing, three, five, seven breathing, they're also the first step to meditation. Yeah. Aye. So, so a introduction. Once, it's, a, it's a complete introduction. So once you start that whole breathing process, then start thinking about, okay, I'm only focusing on my breathing. Let me focus on one other thing. And then whatever that is that you want to kind of get through your day yeah. and then come back to the breathing. Yeah. So focus on that thing, come back to the breathing, focus on that thing, come back to breathing. It's a great way of kind of like an introduction to meditation. Cause I was, I was a complete like, nah, I'm not doing meditation. Nah, sod that. Um, and then slowly but surely I realized that I've been doing breathing techniques for my whole life because of being such a bad asthmatic that it was a real simple mindset to go, okay, well, I'm gonna quiet my mind. I'm gonna think about that one thing. And then I'm gonna go back to just breathing and counting the breaths. Oh, and this one thing I will say is, I, I am one of those people actually. I, you know, probably put too much judgment on breathing. I just think to myself, it's a waste of time. Why bother? You know, it's not gonna work. One thing I'm going to say is I will try it and um, I will like obviously let you know privately but I'll maybe talk about it in the next podcast because I want to try it and I want to see if it works because the way that you've described it is absolutely been perfect and it's a really good explanation so I'm going to definitely definitely give it a go so I will so you treat know. yourself over like this next week or two yeah by doing your box breathing and then maybe try it on the podcast yeah. so that people can do it with you because your lovely uh, Scottish tones <laughs> will send someone to sleep. <laughs> uh, I th yeah, hope. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully. Could be an interesting way to end your podcast. Do you know what? Just send people to sleep. <laughs> it, may be, it may be a good, yeah, it's a good example of at the end, because obviously, you know, whilst I, I always include, like, just talking to people, but we're going to mention that quickly. Um, but yeah, that's something that I, 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 I'll, I'll definitely consider once I've done it um, and see how I got on. And yeah, it could be something that is introduced into the podcast. So thank you very much, Liam. That's good. It's very kind of Pleasure. you. Pleasure. Um, but one thing we're, you know, we're going to definitely say is talking to people, those that you feel comfortable with, you know, surround yourself with good people, with, with people who also get you and... That's something that I have appreciated recently from, you know, unfortunately relapsing a few weeks ago and since then is just finding, you know, the tribe, I've, I've found my tribe for a while now, but those people just mm. coming around me and it's almost like, a, a visual, I'm visualising it right now, but it's almost like them creating that, like, a, a protective circle around me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every person yeah. has has... I don't. I can't. I mean, I'm not going. I'm not going to mention absolutely everybody who's done it, but they know who they are. Um, but they have contributed so much in the past couple of weeks and continue to contribute. But I think that's important. It's just reaching out. I mean, that's a great example of chosen family. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's they're there to shield you. Mm -hmm. They're there to support you. And they're also there when you don't think you need them, but they're you know that you can just drop a WhatsApp, drop a Pingu meme. Mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, phone a phone call yep. and they're going to be there and they might only have five minutes for you, yeah. but that might be all you need. Uh, no, and uh, a voice note, you know, that's something yeah. that I have appreciated recently is friends leaving me like a voice note just to say, hey, how you doing? Um, listen to a podcast. 
well done, you know, and just like giving, just almost giving me that it's support. Yeah, it's just, but it's know, also kind of acknowledgement that, acknowledgement. like, hey, yeah, that's the word. Acknowledgement. We're here. We're listening. Yep. We've also got you. Yep. Our pinkies out, ready for <laughs> you to grab. Yeah. I know, and it's such a nice way to end it. Actually, is <laughs> we'll all let's will we visualise that me and you, <laughs> Liam, are holding pinkies right now. Cute. How cute is that? So cute. So cute. It's a Valentine's Day card right there. It is. Actually, do you know what? Maybe I should edit all this out and then just put it in your business. <laughs> make some make some coin. And then I'll give you ten percent. Uh I own fifty one percent of this company. Oh, uh, I've heard that before. I've never heard that. <laughs> But uh, no, I think, yeah, so yeah, that advice that you've just given on the breathing and speaking out and stuff is definitely important and is is something that the listeners will appreciate and, you know, we will hopefully try themselves. So thank you very much. Pleasure. And like I said, we've spoke for quite a while now and it's been an absolute pleasure. I am so glad that I got to meet you for five seconds last year. <laughs> And then you got a hug and you told me that I was the star player, even though I don't play rugby. Yeah, I was just like, Jesus Christ, this guy's built like a shit drunk kiss. How, yeah, I'm so glad if I join, he's going to be on the team. And then somebody's like, oh no, he, he's, he's not on the team. I was like, okay. I was like, okay. And then, and then obviously Doug has told me more about you. And then recently we've been put in touch by Doug, yeah. which has been the best thing. So thank you very much but yeah thank you so much for coming on as a guest uh, Liam and it's been fantastic I've enjoyed you know talking to you and getting to know you a wee bit more but also as well I'm just glad that you know hopefully we can develop a friendship so yeah look forward to that but thank you very much pleasure so as I end every podcast by saying be kind to yourself be kind to one another it costs nothing if you are struggling please reach out you're never alone I've experienced that recently and um, it's been the best thing was reaching out so yeah please please do it and um, yeah thanks again Liam and I'm sh- hopefully you'll be coming on uh, maybe as a, for a second podcast you never know part, never two, know. part two but yeah thank you and yeah I'll speak to you all later I hope you enjoyed the podcast okay bye so everyone that was this week's episode of Your Right Pal by me, Roscoe Burns. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. The intro and outro music is brought to you by Laundry on the Wire by Holinzinka CC0. I've been your host, Roscoe Burns, and as always, look out for one another, look after yourself, and remember, you're never alone. Just want to say thank you so much for listening, and remember, and never forget, there's always support, alright? Alright.